While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Everybody, it it's been a minute for me at least. For you guys, it's been the same. But uh, we just got back from the honeymoon uh, earlier th- this week, the week that I'm posting the episode. And wow, man, I got I got greeted by you going from 85 and sunny with the occasional cloud where needed in Mexico to uh, 30 degrees, 30 zero, 30 degrees and snowing. The day that we got back. So I guess we brought the winter with us. So that's been fun. But uh, first and foremost, a huge shout out to uh, Brian Pulowski for doing a guest hosting episode. He did his best, guys. He, he tried to live up to the, to the <laughs> he tried to live up to the master. Um, no, he did great. I, I loved his episode. It made me laugh. I listened to it, admittedly, when he sent it to me. Uh, and, and the intro got me. It was hilarious. But also, it was a cool... Uh, look into a changing career path. So, uh, Brian, if you're listening, and I have no clue if you are, but, but thank you for doing that. It was an honor that uh, you you took the time because I know you're busy with uh, your your day job and your your night job and your sketchy job and, and whatever else it may be. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to do that uh, and to help me out. So I didn't have to worry about uh, didn't have to worry about one week of of podcast content, which was nice. Not that I don't love doing the podcast, but sometimes you're rushed and have to do it. Like, for example, this episode, you're a little bit rushed because you you got four weeks, three weeks ahead, and you just couldn't quite get four weeks ahead before going on your honeymoon. But yeah, today was the uh, the first day back in the classroom, first day back at work. For me, this is Wednesday, the day before the episode goes up. Uh, so I was gone from October 13th all the way through until I returned on November 1st. And man, it, it was simultaneously not long enough, but also I was excited to get home, mostly to see my dog. But uh, yeah, this is now the 326th episode. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give a big shout out to James, Lish, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Those are our current Patreon members who get access to bonus content and podcast merch and all that extra stuff you get on Patreon. That's the whole point of Patreon. It's like a membership. Uh, I believe there is a, a $2, a $4, and a $7 tier uh, that get you different levels of benefits. And if you want to access any of those or just read up on them because you're bored and you want something to read, just go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. Uh, now, with it being the first day back, um, I'm exhausted, I will say that. I, I wish I could say that the quality of work that was being done while I was gone was stellar. And uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, I'm just going to say, I wish more kids did something, <laughs> anything. But we kind of knew that would happen. Uh, the Being the first day back, I guess I was a little bit not disoriented, but 
I lost my smartwatch in a, a, in this, one of the cenotes that we went to. Made that sound uh, super white saying it that way. But uh, I was not about to dive. Also, don't have the ability to dive 140 feet into deep water. 140 feet deep water to go and fetch my smartwatch that I just charged before, before the honeymoon. So, man, if you have, shout out to AmazeFit. Uh, the BIP, B-I-P, the BIP-S is what I had. And that thing would go two months, sometimes two and a half months on a single charge. It was incredible. Great. Uh, so that means that that thing, if I lost it on the 26th of October, 25th of October maybe, uh, that means it's going to probably last until about Christmas on that charge. <laughs> That's about how long it'll last. Just ticking underneath the surface of the water 140 feet deep. Uh, RIP to my watch. But it's a make, it makes for a good story. We saw Chichen Itza. The, the, the cenote was on the way uh, to Chichen Itza. Saw some, some uh, Mayan cities and artifacts and uh, medicine man and all that stuff. And it was cool to, uh, to finally get a chance to just do something for fun. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't learning about history and having to do a, a thesis or a classics. Uh, what do you call it? I can't think of words anymore. It's been a minute since I was in grad school. Uh, and that was nice. Honestly, I enjoyed not having, not, I just got to take things in for the sake of enjoyment. And my now wife was with me for that, which was cool to, to see some new stuff and learn some new stuff uh, side by side. It is weird uh, knowing that it is a work day and you are, you know, about a thousand miles away from home, uh, sleeping in, mostly having some beverages, no matter what time it may be at an all-inclusive, by the way, you kind of have to get off the resort. But when you are on the resort, you have to make the most of your all-inclusiveness and drink heavily uh, in healthy ways, of course, um, and within limits and you're, not, you're not, not abusing alcohol, but also getting the most out of your food and trying to fight indigestion. Uh, but if the whole time in the back of your head, there's this part of you that's like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be right now, even though it is. Um, yeah. So my main thing was, and I, I may have mentioned it before I left, but I didn't want to grade a bunch of busy work. And moreover, I didn't want to create a bunch of busy work for my students to do. Um, not only out of respect for them, but also out of respect for my time when I get back and the time of prep. So it was a research paper for my U.S. history kids. It was a bunch of tasks for my AP kids. And for my MBARC kids, it was stuff like college apps and scholarships and things like that. Now I'm going to mostly focus on the, uh, I guess, the core kids, the U.S. kids, because, wow, out of approximately 75 students, 13 actually attempted and turned in a paper. Now, the varying qualities of each paper, I don't know because I haven't graded it yet based off of the rubric that I made beforehand and shared with them ever since day one. Um, but judging by some of the requirements I had, like the fact that it was a five-page paper, I figured that was a decent amount of time to get into some depth on the research that they should have done over the more than two weeks they had to do it. And I got a few one-pagers, a couple two-pagers, mostly three and four-pagers, and one single student who did a, a full five-page paper, work cited and all. They even did a cover page. And who knows about the formatting for cover pages nowadays. 
but yeah, so there was a lot of uh, discrepancies, a lot of uh, outliers. Well, I don't know. Can you have outliers, the extreme goods and bads, if it's only the extreme goods and bad? I guess the outliers are the ones that are mediocre or good. And the norm is actually the ones that are really bad, just by first glance and reading through a few of these things and printing some of them off. Which is backwards, by the way. When I was in school, I sound old. When I was in school, you printed that paper, and by the time you showed up in class, you turned in that paper stapled. Even if you slaved away with your crappy printer that your parents had and the crappy computer that you may have been working on because it was the, the 2000s, <laughs> the late 2000s, uh, and early, to the early 2010s. There you go. I feel less old now. Uh, you, sl- you, you printed that, and you had it ready, and it was formatted properly. None of these were really formatted properly, except for maybe two or three of them. And they aren't printed. They're Google Classroom. I printed them because I don't want to look at a screen when I read these things. I think my headache will already be bad enough. So I just want to mitigate the blue light issue uh, and and minimize that so that I, I have slightly less factors creating the headache that I will certainly have. You know, is that enough? Um, yeah. So in, in sometimes what we do on this podcast, for those who don't know, and those who maybe do know, I don't know, is every so often we, we get some stuff that's either sent in or that we see, um, that, that sparks a thought, uh, and not always, but this one came from, uh, goodhousekeeping.com. I don't remember how we somehow got something from goodhousekeeping.com, but it was related to school. And, uh, if you don't know who Matthew McConaughey is, he's out of his damn mind. And it's hilarious. I love it. But he does have a couple of nuggets of wisdom every so often. So I guess there was some sort of an awkward exchange on The View where uh, the audience, uh, he's promoting his book, uh, a kid's book, children's book, called Just Because. And I guess there was some sort of taping where in 2006, I guess, he, he gave someone named Joy a foot massage on the show. And so jokingly, she like put her foot back out uh, as so as to say, hey, time to do it again. And I guess he did it. But luckily, Whoopi Goldberg, who I trust with my life, that uh, saved the awkward moment and just moved things along. Um, we're not talking about the foot massage thing and Whoopi Goldberg saving the day uh, multiple times, I guess. I don't watch The View, um, but we are Whoopi fans. Uh, and if you're not a Whoopi fan, that's a red flag. So be a Whoopi fan and don't have red flags. But uh, it sounds like uh, McConaughey and his, his wife, I don't know her name, they got involved with school safety with all the stuff that's been going on with schools, with school shootings and things like that. And I know he's, from, he's either from Texas or lives there or both, probably both. Um, but he found out that there are these grants that some superintendents uh, have to take care of personally. Uh, and his, his exact, I'm just going to read his quote. We found out these superintendents have to fill out these grants. A lot of them are also driving the school bus. They're the PE teacher. And this grant is 50 pages and intimidating. So they don't have the expertise or the time to do it. So we're helping with the, uh, the grant writing process. Uh, <clears throat> we hire grant writers to come on and go to these schools throughout the U.S. that need the safest schools the most. We're helping them write the grant, which I think is awesome. Uh, I think if, if you have, oh, and it's playing an ad, sorry. I think if you have the, the financial means to do that, then you, you see a need and it's in your community, and hopefully not just your community, uh, you step up, and I think that's great. 
And I guess it got awkward because um, one of the View people uh, was trying to get him to like basically say, like, I'm going to run for office. And he really doesn't seem like he wants to do that right now. Uh, or even to make a statement that you, he must be anti-gun if he's doing this. And I just think it's, I don't know why we're surprised that someone wants to do something about safety in schools and we're trying to, you know, label them as anti-gun. You know, just because they're anti-violence uh, in schools and trying to protect kids, uh, it just seems a little, I mean, that's always the argument of, uh, and I'm, I'm not even gonna get into it myself. I don't, I'm not trying to step in or, you know, open a can of worms or shit, whatever it may be. But I just wanted to give a shout out to McConaughey I like that he's doing something to try to help with the issue of school safety um, and spreading the word about that. And he wrote a children's book. Should we read it? It's probably fine, um, depending on his editors. But I just, I don't know. I don't know watch The View at all, but I know they have different perspectives on there. But I love that the issue of safety in schools has been so heavily politicized that even someone who's simply saying, I want to help superintendents to make sure their schools are safe and the anti-gun label comes out. Lovely. Um, yeah. Anyway, another news. Uh, this is from the subreddit Teachers. This is from user Van0Rack. Van-O-Rack. Uh, that, uh, Texas governor is holding teacher raises hostage. Uh, Grab, Greg Abbott, I guess, is their governor. And he made it a priority to oppose teacher pay raises, which are sorely needed. Uh, unless he can secure, I can't talk today, apparently, approval, <laughs> first time teaching in a while, for school vouchers. These vouchers would enable parents to use public funds to send their kids to private schools. He has, uh, Abbott, criticized teachers for advocating certain agendas in the past. It's no wonder that Texas faces a challenge with teachers leaving the profession uh, and talking about a union, blah, 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 blah. I wish I could say that we were surprised. Why are we still, how many times on the podcast have we talked about the issue of teacher raises and the fact that it, it is always publicized as, oh, we're being greedy and we have to like attach 18 other agenda items and then salary is like number 18 out of 18 on that list for people to even think that we should get that. And honestly, the, whatever the issue is, why are we surprised by this? Oh, a governor, a political official, government official, is hesitant to pay teachers, public employees, more money from their budget that I'm sure is in a deficit, in most states they are. Why are we surprised by this? I'm not, I'm not faulting the person that posted this. I think it's terrible. Get that bag, get that money. Finally pay teachers a due amount, their due amount. And I say this as someone in a district that pays pretty well. Now, is it as much as someone with my level of education you know, should be getting in year seven? Probably not but it's certainly way more than most teachers are getting. CPS actually pays pretty well. I don't think it's top five, but it's probably top 10 for uh, district pay rates in the United States for teachers. But I'm not surprised. And I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it again so I can play this clip someday. Make it a priority to give teachers substantial pay raises, not just pay, substantial pay raises to help with the shortage, to help with the issue of respect in the, the profession, and also to drive people into the profession who should be in the profession, but don't want to be in the profession because they can't afford to be in the profession because wherever they live cannot pay them a livable wage. You know, 
especially with inflation. Now, our district gives us annual raises to account for the annual inflation, but it doesn't quite keep up. And there are some districts that are still paying teachers, you know, 40000 or less. And I know cost of living is probably way different there. Of course it is. But I guarantee you, $40,000 anywhere, especially with the level of education and student loan debt that people who get a teaching degree may have. I said may, notice I didn't generalize. Uh, it's not enough. And even with teacher loan forgiveness, which is, by the way, definitely not enough, uh, especially if you're working in a low-income area and you're trying to give back to the world and community. All I'm saying is, make it the priority. There's school funding issues. There is uh, service provider issues and, and support services for students. Those are all issues, of course. But make it about teacher pay just this once. I know my union is going to have to go to battle. I don't know how much of a battle it'll be because we endorsed uh, the candidate who wound up becoming our mayor, and he's a former teacher. But politicians always have some people that are reaching into their pockets, so who knows? But all I'm saying is, for once, just say it, that yes, we are teachers and we want to negotiate our working conditions and salary. Say it again. Salary. Pay them more. Go for the other stuff too. That for sure should be part of it. But this whole selfless profession thing, and they're going to vilify teachers anyway, so let's just fucking go for it finally and argue for. The workplace is probably not going to improve anytime soon, so we might as well get paid a little bit more for it, you know? I don't say that to be like super pessimistic, but like the way of restorative justice and how that's going and accountability for students versus teachers, it's trending downward very badly for teachers. So let's at least make the salary start trending upward then we could bear it more. I'll have less to complain about on this podcast. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway. Um, So shout out to any new students who joined my, one of my classes while I was gone. That's very, I, I apologize. You're not listening to this podcast, but I had about four or five students who joined one of my classes while I was gone. And man, they must be confused. Um, I know one of them is transferring back into the school and already walked out of class my first day back. Uh, had like a, a respectful exchange of words with my co-teacher. And I think I said maybe 16 words to them, including, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. And then introduced like what I was going to have him do to like get caught up with the syllabus and all that. Uh, and just walked out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just too old where like, I, I'm not going to, I wrote it up, obviously. I'm going to have to do that as part of my job is, write up those behaviors because it's part of it. Uh, But I'm not chasing a kid. I had like two kids today who cut my class and I saw them in the hallway before and after and they damn well knew. But like, I don't care. It's your grade, man. Especially the one that's, I have one who's a senior. It's like, I don't give a shit at this point. It's quarter two. You're running out of time before your grade is final. You are a senior and you need this class to graduate. And if you have cut my class, 20 times so far in a semester that is in total by the time we are done it's only 75 days you better make those 50 plus days spectacular but you haven't so but i'm not going to chase anymore i'm not calling home anymore i'm not emailing anymore 
for these repeaters who are not improving their behaviors. And I'm sure there's someone out there being like, what a monster. Not really. You could say, I mean, it's fine. I don't care if you think that, but I don't think that it's me being burnt out. I don't feel burnt out when I say I'm not chasing students and begging them to pass the class and get their grade. I have one student in my first period class who's passing right now. That's not hyperbole. One student is passing my first period class and their attendance is only about 50%. So what does that tell you about the other kids who have 25, 30, or 35% in the class? The attendance percentage is less than 25% in my first period class. The passing percentage or the pass rate is less than 10% now. What does that tell you? Is there a correlation, kiddos? I don't know, but I'm over it. And as long as my admin doesn't bother me about it, cool. I sent a laundry list of things that I tried throughout the entire first quarter. I'm packing it in for quarter two. (laughs) Try again. But for now, and I'm at peace with it. And if there's students who I'm gonna start doing after-school tutoring now that I'm back, and offering as much support and extended time and all that stuff, I allotted more time for each unit. Uh, by offering, instead of offering four units in this first semester, I'm only going to do three. So I can space things out and have remediation days and quote unquote chill days, which brings a chill down my spine to say, because for most kids, that means not doing shit. Uh, not for me. I don't work that way. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And if you, if you disagree with me and think that I should be doing more, I would love to hear about it. You can email me classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on social media, but that's truly, honestly, uh, how I feel. And I don't have guilt about it. I did not think about my students for more than an hour total during my two week leave for the wedding and honeymoon. And I have zero guilt about that. Cause what is that? That's Oh man, it's like, what, 15-ish days or so? So out of 360 plus hours, one of them in total was devoted to thinking about, oh man, are my students doing what they should be doing? I even posted a couple Google Classroom comments for kids while I was on my honeymoon. I, again, 360 hours or more that were for me to take my PTO to enjoy my life. And I still found some time I sound like I'm being like a martyr or something. I'm not trying to say it like that. But all I'm saying is I have tried and now I'm disengaging a little bit and letting them be the adults they're about to become. Grow up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is they need to grow up. And it sounds cold. But I am excited. I should say, let's end on a positive note here. I am really excited about a couple things. The first, Joe Dombrowski has a brand new uh, stand-up special coming out. Really excited about that. It's going to be on YouTube. I think November 6th. I just saw it. It's on my feed because I subscribed to him and I'm, I'm excited for it. So Joe, if you're listening, I don't know if you are. Uh, looking forward to it. Can't wait. I'll have to send him a text or something like that to you know, make sure he knows. You got at least one person. Well, you have like millions easily who will be tuning in. Uh, but you should check it out. It's uh, Joe Dombrowski, Mr. D times three. Check out his special. It's coming like November 6, 7, 8, something like that. Uh, on YouTube premiering there. So it's free for you to watch someone who's worked really hard and crafted an incredible special. uh, Free, for you, free, incredible. So check it out. The other thing I'm looking forward to, the students who actually did do their research paper 
because it has quite literally been almost six full years of students truly skipping any sort of long-form writing. And when I say long-form, I know you're thinking pages, but truly long-form for my students is anything beyond paragraph. So <laughs> long-form writing, for most human beings, it's pages, but for some human beings, it's paragraphs, plural, which is scary to think about, but I am looking forward to seeing it. It'll be great baseline data. Also, maybe I'll learn something. I know about all the historical figures that were in like the, the list of 100 plus people that they could have chosen from and they could even suggest ones that weren't on the list. But I always learn something new because there's always something out there. Uh, and that is exciting for me. And hopefully their writing style will not give me too much of, <laughs> of a headache. So, but hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is my first time recording in a long time. Um, yeah, but well before. I think I pre-recorded like a couple weeks uh, before the wedding and made sure that I had stuff banked while I was out of the country. But we are back in the U.S. now. Uh, it's the month of November now. And uh, we're excited about that part, but also uh, excited for winter break and Thanksgiving break. Because one thing about coming back to work after being gone for a little over two weeks is uh, coming back kind of sucks. <laughs> the kids were great. It was a great first day. Don't get me wrong, but Man, I enjoyed waking up and going to the bathroom whenever I wanted. That part was great. And being able to eat whenever I wanted. And as much as I wanted. Consequences, TBD. But anyways. Uh, thank you guys so much, though, for your support, for your, your incredibly uh, kind comments while I was out for my honeymoon and, and all the congratulations. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. Uh, big shout out to our Patreon members. If you want to become a member of the Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. And I think that should be about it. So thank you guys so much. No, my last name didn't change <laughs> because, of, uh, because of, you know, gender norms, whatever. But uh, thank you so much. And until next week, last is best. This is Classroom Brew.